This is Speaking Freely with the ACLU of Pennsylvania. I'm Andy Hoover, your host and director of communications at the ACLU of PA. We are just weeks away from the 2020 general election. So in preparation for voting, I talked with Alexa Grant, program manager at Common Cause Pennsylvania, and Donnell Drinks, election protection coordinator for the ACLU of PA. Alexa and Donnell discussed some of the key information that you'll need to vote this fall. This conversation was recorded on September 17th. Donnell and Alexa, thank you both for taking the time. I really appreciate the chance to talk about um, the election and, and voting rights. Uh, I just thought maybe we'd start by both of you just introducing yourselves, talking a little bit about what you do, what your organizations do. So, uh, Alexa, why don't you start? Tell us a little bit about Common Cause and its mission and what you do there. Cool. And Andy, thanks so much for having me. It's a real treat. So my name is Alexa Grant, as you said, and I'm the program advocate at Common Cause, which means I basically wear multiple hats at the organization. And the title just is basically a catch-all. So I work on policy. I help to um, organize communications for Common Cause and help to support our amazing interim executive director, Susanna Almeida, which I'm sure everyone is aware of. Um, Common Cause is a nonpartisan grassroots organization dedicated to upholding the core values of American democracy. So we work to create open, honest, and accountable government that serves the public interest for promoting equal rights, opportunity, and representation for all, and empowering all people to make their voices heard in the political process. And, you know, that chance to make our voices heard is coming up in November. So there's lots going on. Awesome. And Danelle, people know about the ACLU of Pennsylvania. You are the election protection coordinator. What does that mean? What are you doing on a daily basis? On a daily basis. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me, Andy. My name is Danelle Drinks. I'm election protection coordinator, as you stated. And that encompasses uh, educating uh, the voters and, and galvanizing and mobilizing a lot of the voters in uh, very marginalized communities about the election process and what's going on today in uh, this election cycle. So on a daily basis, you'll find me out and about in the community engaging various voters and from registering them to answering questions for registered voters. And Danelle, I want to pick up on that point. As you said, you've been intera- interacting with people, especially in Philadelphia. You've been going to various community gatherings. I know one of the constituencies that you're trying to reach is people who have a criminal record. Explain what voting rights a person has if they have a criminal record. Well, if you have a criminal record, you have the same voting rights as somebody that doesn't have a criminal record. And that's the misnomer. In Pennsylvania, you are afforded the opportunity to vote. And even incarcerated while you're pretrial detainee, you have the right to vote. If you have a misdemeanor conviction, you have the right to vote. And this information is not pervasive amongst that community. And we've missed a whole demographic of voters for so long. So our job is to educate them and mobilize them to become voters in this voter cycle. And you wrote an op-ed before the primary. You said, I believe that voting in our democracy gives everyone a sense of community, a sense of agency for their civic participation, a sense of realizing our obligations as citizens. Can you expound on that a little bit? Why are you, why are you so passionate about the importance of voting? Because for so long, I wasn't afforded that opportunity due to my incarceration. I was incarcerated for 27 years. So I had to sit back and watch the voting process take place and couldn't be a part of it. 
And then upon my release, I still felt empty until I had the opportunity to cast my ballot. And that fulfilled me. And in conversating with other people, I also realized that they feel the same way. It makes you whole when you have the same rights that everybody else is afforded. And I should note, too, that the ACLU of Pennsylvania has a handy brochure and a web page uh, available to folks. You can go to aclupa.org slash vote, which explains uh, the voting rights of people who have a criminal record. Uh, effectively, the moment you walk out of jail or prison, um, you have the right to vote. And, and as, as you said, Danelle, even if you're in there right now pre-trial or on a conviction uh, for a misdemeanor, you can vote while, while incarcerated. Um, so it's really important information for folks to know. Yes, it is. It, it's very important because it, it what we're talking about, that civic responsibility. So many people that have criminal convictions feel ostracized from society. And that begins the process of making them feel a part of the a whole. And one of the things that we advocate at the ACLU is equal treatment for everyone. And this voter process allows that opportunity to begin for many. We are recording this on Thursday, September 17th. And just over an hour ago, we got the news uh, that <laughs> you, folks are going to get our first reaction here to some, some uh, big breaking news. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has ruled in a lawsuit that was brought by the Pennsylvania Democratic Party that... Um, County bureaus of elections can set up drop boxes where people can submit mail and absentee ballots. They can set up satellite offices and extended hours that that is all permissible under state law. Um, they also ruled that mail and absentee ballots can be accepted until Friday after election day, as long as there's no evidence that it was mailed after election day. I just wanted to get both of you, you know, your first reaction um, to the result of this lawsuit. Alexa, why don't you go first? <laughs> yeah, well, what a day to record this, Andy. Good timing. Um, and, you know, my, my comms hat fire drill work right before we got on this call. Um, first reaction is this is a win for voters. Um, it absolutely is. Um, Common Cause provided an amicus brief on this lawsuit. Um, so we're, we're happy to see this result. Um, I know there are some things people like and some things people don't, but the main thing is this is a win and it gives clarity where we've been looking for answers. So while some of the answers may not be things that everyone agrees with, they are answers and that's what voters deserve walking into election day. They deserve certainty and, and knowing that no matter how they choose to use their voice or cast their ballot, it's, it's going to be counted and their voice will be heard. And Danelle, what about you? First, first reactions to the ruling? Uh, at first level of certainty, she used the word uncertainty, and that is a perversive word for this election cycle. Mm. Nobody knew what was going on. So to have a level of certainty in these particular areas is wonderful. Um, that's one of the biggest questions that you find, like, what about this? What about that? Some of those answers uh, came down about an hour ago. And I think, like she said, it's a win for the voters. It's, it definitely makes my job easier of having people engage in a process because now we have a little bit more definitive things to tell them. Alexa, I wanted to ask you a little bit about some of these lawsuits, common causes involved in you all have been partnering with the ACLU of Pennsylvania. What are some of the issues that common cause is most concerned about with the election so close? 
Yeah, well, I'm happy to partner with ACLU always. The main thing we're focused on is voter education and voter confusion. You know, thankfully, we got some of the answers today, but we still have lawsuits at the federal level that still need to be decided on. And the longer it takes for us to get a result, the more likely voter confusion will occur. So whether it's the use of the ballot box or poll watchers or what have you, we need answers. Because one of the things we saw in the primary, you know, with um, Act 77 provisions being used for the same time, Act 12 provisions being used for the first time and only time, there was so much voter confusion. Um, people didn't know where their polling place was. People didn't know um, how to vote by mail or even apply. So we, we, we have things down. We have lessons learned, but there's still answers that we need. And voters, like I said, voters deserve those answers. And the longer we wait, the more likely confusion that there is going to be. So that's common causes goal. And, I, and you mentioned the fact that there are several other lawsuits out there. I should, uh, it's, I should mention that there is a federal lawsuit yep. uh, in the Western District in Pennsylvania that the Trump campaign brought, which uh, has, is, involves some of the same issues that the Pennsylvania Democratic Party lawsuit involves. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that case, in, in the Trump campaign case, uh, the federal judge was actually waiting to see what the state Supreme Court said, because we were all saying that these are questions of state law. So we had to see what the judge does now in that case. And I should also mention yet another thing to watch. Uh, There is legislation right now in front of the Pennsylvania General Assembly, House Bill 2626, which deals with some of these issues as well. So there are other actions out there that we all will be watching and and um, keeping an eye on, and I would definitely encourage anybody listening to this to plug into ACLUPA and Common Cause PA social media because um, we'll be, you know, pushing out information as as those things happen. Yeah, Pennsylvania is no shortage of uh, election code reform or lawsuits heading into 2020, and uh, this isn't the end of it, Andy. I think we're be more down the line. For a long time, Pennsylvania law had never changed around elections, and now suddenly it's changing at lightning speed. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a blast for sure. <laughs> um, Danelle, I wanted to ask you a little bit about this whole discussion about voting by mail or voting in person. Obviously, the, the coronavirus pandemic adds a, a new wrinkle. A lot more people are expected to vote by mail. What's your advice for voters about voting in person versus voting by mail? Um. Voting in person, either one, I think that, first of all, if you're going to vote in person, identify your polling place. As Alexa just mentioned, it was a lot of confusion. So heading up to that day, I think you should have a a concise game plan about where you're going to vote at, where your polling place is. Um, I don't particularly prefer or advocate one over the other. It's the option of the voter. But mm-hmm. if you decide to vote by mail, make sure you do so early. That eliminate any uh, issues with the mailing possible uh, poll, postal service or anything else. If you're voting in person, just make sure you have your voting, your polling place identified and that you have all your safety uh, gear ready, whether it's a mask, gloves, hand sanitizer, and be ready to possibly uh, encounter lines. But just know what you're encountering and have yourself prepared for it. Absolutely. And just going off of that, Donnell, I mean, 
I want you to vote, and I don't care which of the many methods Pennsylvania has to offer this election you choose, but no matter what selection you make, just make a plan. A lot of people got the postcard, I think it went to everybody, from the Postal Service saying if you plan to vote by mail, plan ahead. And that goes for everybody. If you plan to vote in person, plan ahead. Um, One thing everyone should do is check their voter registration. Make sure that's up to date. If you're applying by mail, you can do that online. And there's several other methods for you to apply and follow your ballot. If you're going to vote in person, make a plan as well. Like Danelle said, it's possible your polling place could have changed because it's in a, a compromised community. So check your voter registration, check your polling place, and be prepared. You can bring your own pen. That was something that blew my mind in the primary that I never thought of. You can bring your own pen and be prepared. You may have to wait in line. No matter what method you choose, make sure that you plan ahead. Well, Alexa, I want to ask you a bit about mail and absentee ballots because we hear a lot of different questions about that process. So let me ask you the first question, which speaking of breaking news, we have another issue that got resolved today in Pennsylvania related to the release of mail and absentee ballots. So when can folks expect to receive their mail and absentee ballots? Yeah, so one of the great things about Pennsylvania is we are a commonwealth. So that means a lot of the election-related Things are left to the county level, so it's going to be dependent on what county you're in when you'll get your ballot. But like Andy said, we were waiting on another ruling from the Supreme Court on certification of who would be on the ballot between the Green Party and the Democrats. That was decided today, and that was kind of holding up the process for us. So typically, we would have ballots ready to go um, September 15th, two days ago, but we were waiting on this case, so ballots are delayed. They still have to go through certification and printing and distribution. But now that we have this ruling, we passed the final hurdle on that. So we should be good to go in doing those things. I'm not sure what the final turnaround will be on that. I think it depends on the area you're in and how many candidates you have. But if you are worried about when you're going to get your ballot and you applied online for your mail-in ballot, you can use the online ballot tracking tool um, at votespa.com and you can track when your ballot is sent to you and you can follow it that way. So that's an option that is available to voters. And there's another option for people voting by mail or by absentee, you know, with all the talk about delays in delivery by the postal service, there is an alternative to submitting that ballot. What's that process? Yeah. So one of the great things about Act 77 like I was mentioning before, is there's multiple options. And we got some solidification of these options from this or from the Supreme Court ruling today. One's the traditional. If you get your ballot early, send it in early, and you can send your ballot in through the mail. Another option is to use a ballot drop-off box. Um, my grandparents use this in the primary, and if my grandparents can do it, I think everyone can. It'll be dependent on the county that you live in, where your drop boxes are, if you have them available, and how many there are. One of the things I heard this week that I thought was pretty amazing was in a press conference that the governor's office held, Val Arkush, the commissioner in Montgomery County, said 37,000 voters use drop boxes in the primary, which, you know, that's that's no small amount. That's nothing to, to shake your fist at. So yeah. Definitely a big option. There's also a new option that is being made available in several counties, at least in the southeast and in Allegheny. There's satellite election offices. And this is something that 
um, Secretary Bukvar brought up in the press conference as well. It's kind of a one-stop shop for all vote by mail. You can go in, you can apply for your vote by mail ballot right there, get approved and fill it out all in one stop. So that's gonna be a very cool option for voters. Again, dependent on the county where you live and all this information should be available not only on Votes PA, but also on the county website. And then last but not least, every county elections office is a drop site for ballots. So if you don't have a drop box, you don't have a satellite elections office, and you're worried about getting it to the place it needs to go on time, you can go directly to your county elections office and they will take the ballot. And the other thing that we hear a lot of talk about is what if I applied for mail or absentee and then changed my mind, I want to vote in person. People can do that. How's that work? Yeah. So again, a few options. One, if you receive your ballot in time, you can take your ballot and the envelope. I'll say that again, the ballot and the envelope, because it's very important you have both. And you can take that uncompleted ballot and envelope to your polling place and you have the option to spoil it, which means you basically surrender it to um, the poll worker or judge of elections there, and they will spoil that ballot and allow you to vote on a machine. Now, your other option is if you didn't get your ballot in time, which some people did see in the primary, you can go to your polling place and request a provisional ballot. And what a provisional ballot does is it records your vote while the county election office determines whether or not it can be counted. So they'll hold on to that ballot, check to make sure that the vote by mail ballot didn't come in, and then they will record your vote with the provisional ballot. So there are plenty of options that we all went through. Last but not least, if you you need that last step, vote provisionally. You have that option, don't give up. There's some way that you can cast your vote and have your voice heard. And I should mention, too, I mentioned the legislation a little while ago, uh, House Bill yeah. 2626. That deals with a couple of these issues. Um, it does. It, it, it uh, deals with voting in person if you already applied for mail or absentee. Um, it also deals with the satellite office issue and the Dropbox issue. So folks should definitely keep an eye, like I said earlier, on our social media platforms, uh, Common Cause PA and ACLUPA. Stay updated on what's happening with that legislation because there's a lot of different provisions in that bill. As the legislative process works, the governor and legislative leaders may end up make, uh, negotiating with each other and making concessions. Um, so we don't know if that bill will even pass and if it does, what, it'll, what it will look like. Exactly. So I also want to ask both of you about your own conversations with voters, you know, what you're hearing. And no, I want to start with you. When you're, when you're out there and you're out and about, you know, what are some of the most common questions you get from voters and how do you respond? I think some of the, uh, the most common question I've gotten is about the milling process, about a lot of the uh, information that came out during the primaries about ballots that weren't processed and how can they ensure that they're yes. I think that's a big concern for everybody, just the infrastructure provided by the various municipalities to process the milling ballots. And what I tell them is that that was a practice run. And a lot of the kinks were uh, knocked out. And and while they're still uh, working out, it's not perfect. It's a lot better than it was. So don't worry about that and and just engage in the process. Too concerned about it, then you need to go to the uh, poll. 
And uh, Alexa, what about you? When, you, when you're uh, communicating with voters, what kind of questions are you hearing? Well, thanks, Andy, for um, this question, because it seems like every room I walk into now, I'm like a walking voting rights encyclopedia, and I get hit uh-huh. <laughs> a bunch of questions um, and people hitting me up on social media. Um, so now I'm going to use this podcast to refer to them in answer most of their questions. Um, But one of the things that we didn't get a chance to talk about that I'm sure the ACLU is experiencing as well is I want to vote on election day. Um, I know Pennsylvania is an important state. It's a swing state. What can I do to help? How else can I get involved? What can I do other than cast my vote, which is already huge. If If you're voting, you're doing your civic duty and that's already amazing. So I'm going to take this second to a, a plug um, election protection, which I work with Donnell on um, a lot, and he gets a lot of emails from me. Donnell, I'm sorry, I always blow up your inbox. <laughs> um, <laughs> but election protection is completely nonpartisan, and it's a nonpartisan coalition that provides Pennsylvanians with comprehensive information and assistance at all stages of voting. So, um, whether you have a question that, about registration, Um, casting your vote at the polls, your ballots, overcoming obstacles to your participation. Election protection helps voters to make sure their vote is counted. And we have a number of resources to do that. Um, We have the 866-OUR-VOTE hotline. I'll say that again, 866-OUR-VOTE hotline. And you can call that number and a trained volunteer will help you to answer any questions. One of the things we also do is we have a field program Um, So Common Cause, we will have rovers driving around to different locations, and we will also have poll monitors available at different polling locations to, like, report long lines, help voters with any questions that they have, check voter registration, any other questions that may be available to voters. We have people on the ground there. And um, one of the things with election protection is it always surprises me the experience that I have um, in the primary, we had a totally different um, election than we ever had. And we expected to get maybe 300 calls to the hotline. And by the end of the day, we were in the thousands in terms of voters calling. Like Donnell said, there was some voter confusion questions because this is, this is a historic election in Pennsylvania, no matter what else is going on. We have the pandemic and yes, that's certainly added a layer to Pennsylvania elections. But we also have a lot of counties using new voting machines for the first time. Um, So this presidential election, voters may see this voting machine for the first time because maybe they voted by mail in the primary or maybe they didn't vote at all. We also have, you know, the vote by mail provisions and a lot of other changes from Act 77. So there's a lot of questions with voters who maybe don't vote in every cycle and aren't a super voter like I'm sure all of us on this uh, podcast are. So I anticipate we're going to get a lot of calls and have a lot of voters that need questions answered. So I encourage people to call that hotline. And I also encourage people to volunteer with us. Donnell and I are involved, so you know it's going to be fun. Um, But if you are interested in participating with us, you can go to protectthevote.net. Again, it's protectthevote.net. And we'll get you set up to volunteer with us and um, have a really cool experience on election day. So, um, yeah, if you're interested in getting involved and my inbox tells me a lot of people are, (laughs) please go to protectthevote.net and we can get things going. Awesome. 
So we know election day is November 3rd, but there are some deadlines that folks should know. Danelle, do you want to run down a couple of the key uh, deadlines? Uh, I'll start with October 19th. Make sure that's the last, that's the deadline to register to vote. That's key. That's, that's, that's one of the things that you must, if you're not registered to vote, please make sure you make that deadline because without that, you're not going to be able to participate in the uh, voting cycle. That, that's the pressing one for me. I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Alexa. Oh, I was going to say, what about uh, absentee and mail-in ballot? I want to say it's October 27th. That's right. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) So the deadline for uh, requesting an absentee or mail-in ballot is October 27th. But as I think both of you have said in this conversation, um, Danelle, I know you mentioned it. um, We're really encouraging folks to do it as soon as possible Mm -hmm. um, just because of the the mail delays. And and frankly, even in normal times, you're really pressing – to get that application and get your ballot and get it turned around in time. Uh, we're, we're, we're fortunate now that some of these deadlines have been extended, including with today's ruling uh, about the extension of when ballots need to be received. Um, but, you know, as we've said throughout this conversation, the sooner you do it, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And just adding something on there, Andy, since we got this ruling and we have ballots that are coming in, if they're postmarked on election day, possibly three days later. Um, this is something that we've seen a lot of groups say, but I just want to also table set here as well. Um, election night results aren't what they're, they were. Um, voters have to be prepared to um, kind of hold on for a sec. These ballots are going to come in, and the delay in the time from hearing that instant gratification of who won, um, that doesn't mean anything's awry. That doesn't mean anything's amiss. It means that your votes are being counted and they're being counted correctly and safely. So um, just want to also set people expect, people's expectations there that while your result may not be on election night, it's going to be the current result, but we might just have to wait a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's an important message for folks to hear. This is going to be the first time, well, I guess, well, maybe the second time because the same thing happened during the primary, but we're going to have races that are going to be called days or maybe even a week or more uh, after election day. Um, and that's, that's up and down the ballot. Um, right. You know, obviously a lot of folks are f- focused on the presidential election, but um, from the president to federal offices to, you know, state legislative offices, it's going to take days to count all of those ballots. And, and the part of the reason is because uh, here in Pennsylvania, as of now, anyway, um, election offices can't do what they call pre-canvas, which means opening the absentee and mail ballots. And they can't do that by law until election day. So they can't even open them, unfold them, you know, get them ready to, to be scanned uh, until election day itself. And so if you have, you know, whatever the percentage ends up being, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50% of the electorate voting by mail or by absentee, obviously it takes a while. Um, just to even get those out of their envelopes and, and scan them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so far we have almost 2 million Pennsylvanians um, signed up to vote by mail in the general election. And Department of State is thinking and estimating that that could go up to three. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people voting by mail, which is very exciting, but it's going to be different. It's a culture shift. 
So the ACLU of Pennsylvania is always promoting itself on this podcast, but Alexa, I wanted to give you a chance to uh, tell folks where they can go if they want to learn more about what Common Cause PA is up to. Sure, absolutely. Um, you can follow us on social media on Facebook and Twitter. It's both at Common Cause PA. Um, make it nice and easy for you. Um, you can also go to our website, um, commoncause.com slash Pennsylvania. You can sign up to get our um, emails and we cover everything from all election code reform info, um, judicial gerrymandering, gerrymandering the census. Um, if you have any kind of um, bug or urge to learn more about that, we will definitely provide you with the information. And yeah, as Andy has said several times, follow us on Facebook and on Twitter and through social media channels. Um, we provide updates as they come in. We'll let you know when different sessions are happening. Um, one of the, when a bill is being voted on, um, House Bill 2626, we had like an insane amount of calls go into the state legislature because um, we just have the best members ever. So um, yeah, it's a great way to get involved and, and learn more about all of this stuff because as Andy has said, it's, it's changing rapidly here in Pennsylvania. Well, Alexa and Danelle, thank you both so much for the time, uh, for your knowledge, for your work. I hope you get a chance to at least occasionally get some rest in the next seven weeks or so. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think, Danelle? Debatable? <laughs> um, um, next seven weeks, I'll put next now because we're going to be waiting. <laughs> yes, good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, whenever, you, whenever you can catch an hour or so, just to put your feet up, I hope you can do that. But again, thanks for all your work. Uh, thank yeah. you. Thank you for, Thanks having, for us. having us. That's Alexa Grant from Common Cause PA and Danelle Drinks from ACLU PA. There are a couple of key websites to bookmark and check out as you make your plans to vote. The Department of State's official voter website is votespa.com, V-O-T-E-S-P-A.com. At that site, you can register to vote, confirm that you are registered, apply for a mail or absentee ballot, find your polling place, and find the location of your county's elections office. And for easily accessible Know Your Rights materials, check out aclupa.org vote. There's a lot of valuable information there, including our webpage and brochure on voting with a criminal record. We're also keeping that page updated as things change due to lawsuits and legislation. Finally, a reminder that if you have questions or run into problems with voting, call 866-OUR-VOTE. That line is staffed by nonpartisan lawyers and advocates who can answer any questions and address any problems you may be encountering. And be sure to check out Common Cause Pennsylvania online. They're on social media with the handle at Common Cause PA. That brings episode 48 to a close. The editor of Speaking Freely is Amy Giacomucci. Our music is from bensound.com. The executive director of the ACLU of Pennsylvania is Reggie Shuford. I'm Andy Hoover. Until next time, be healthy and be free. 